It's Fox Top 5, the podcast where the hosts always agree to disagree. This week on a special episode of Fox Top 5, we're looking back at some of our favorite moments from past episodes. Here's the best of Fox Top 5. Anchor of Fox News Sunday, Chris Wallace, and co-host of Fox & Friends, Brian Kilmeade. Top 5 Favorite Sports Moments. Number 5. All right, enough enough frivolity here. What is your number five? We're going to work up here. Okay. What is so, your number five favorite sports moment? And what I'm going to do is add how I saw it, which made it even more special. So for the longest time, the Yankees were terrible during my lifetime. All I heard about how good they were, but they were never good. And I'm a Met fan, but I'm not a Yankee hater. And all of a sudden, they rally together. Uh, and, and I think he was Billy Martin gets his team going. And they win the division. They get to the playoffs and they play the Kansas City Royals. And no one thought they were going to win. But not only do they win, they win with a walk-off homer from Chris Chambliss. It was when they did not have security. Like when Hank Aaron hit his uh, 715th homer, everyone ran on the field. You see Chambliss hit the homer. It goes over the wall. The mitt goes up in the air. Yankee Stadium goes crazy. People start pouring in. Before Chambliss can get across, uh, around second base, they take his hat off. He had to fight his way <laughs> He had to fight his way through, and he finally scores. They will go on to get swept by the big red machine, Tony Perez and company, Pete Rose. But to see that type of euphoria with the first championship I, I saw. You I'm dropped one thing, though. Did you run on the field, or were you a good little boy and you sat in your seat? No, that's even better. I was The first wedding I was ever at, I'm at that wedding. And instead of watch going to the wedding, because what is a kid going to do at a wedding? It was 19, um, I don't know how old I was. It was 1976. So I was 12. I watched through the manager's office window reflection. I watched the whole game. And to see that craziness, because it wouldn't let the kid in the office. So I watched it through reflection. And that, to me, is my number five. Yankees win, but get swept in the World Series, but they win the pennant uh, first time in 15 years. So I, my number five, are you going to give me time to actually say mine? Yeah. Um, I, the others, I will say, I picked iconic moments because that, you know, they were my favorites, but I do think that you have to have one that has personal meaning to you. And to me, it is Super Bowl 17, the Redskins. I had moved to Washington. I'm there with my seven-year-old son, uh, Peter. Uh, it must have been, what, 82, 83. And uh, the Redskins were playing the Miami Dolphins. They're behind. And in the fourth quarter, they're coming from behind. And John Riggins runs a, a, a sweep to the left uh, is caught by the cornerback who grabs him. Riggins breaks away, runs 43 yards for the touchdown in Super Bowl 17. And Peter and I were in our basement and we're both hold, holding each other and hugging and saying, we won the Super Bowl. We won the Super Bowl. So that is my one personal favorite sports moment. Now, uh, put it in perspective, how long had it been since you won the Super Bowl? Who was the coach? Was George Allen? Uh, no, it was Joe Gibbs. Was it Joe Gibbs? Okay. okay. And it had been, been a while since they had won, right? They had never won a Super Bowl. That was your first Super Bowl. Yes, it was very, very exciting. All right, you know, I think we need to move this along. Fox News contributor and host of Crimes That Changed America on Fox Nation, Emily Campagno. And host of Fox Nation Outdoors and the proud American podcast, Johnny Joey Jones. Top five favorite pieces of advice. Number four. 
So my next piece of advice, I think, is something that we all need to understand. I live in the town where they make Marvel movies, and they have this saying here in Fayetteville, Georgia, called suspend your disbelief. But my piece of advice to people, especially those in industries that they make movies about, is don't sharpshoot movies. Like, the best example of this I have is I was at a Marine Corps base in the early 2000s watching the movie Wolverine, and this man who has metal coming out of his hands that can't die or get older rides a Harley Davidson, jumps off the Harley Davidson, slices through a helicopter, and lands back on an up-armored Humvee that's chasing him. And this Marine in front of me goes, that's bull crap. A Humvee can't go that fast. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> that's where they lost you. That's the moment that you <laughs> got lost. And so just, you know, this is kind of funny because it's about movies, but it's also in life. Like have the opportunity to use your imagination and don't take everything so seriously and maybe apply that back to Twitter every now and then too. <laughs> I love that piece of advice, Joey. And I have to say that my favorite superhero um, comic is X-Men. And my favorite character is Wolverine. So I'm so happy that you brought him up because I love, I just, I love him so much. I love that character. Um, okay, so mine is sort of similar uh, in a lighthearted quality. And it's my, my number one piece of advice for being an NFL cheerleader. And if you, you know that I was a cheerleader for the Oakland Raiders while I was an attorney also. And as I always say, being a cheerleader is way harder than being an attorney. And I was thinking about this in my preparation for today of like really what is my number one piece of advice because honestly, I learned volumes from being in that role um, so much. And I think the number one thing though is that you are always on. And similar to your piece of advice just now, mine can translate into all walks of life. And I have, I feel like all of my anecdotes are like painting me in this horrible light. You guys think I'm the worst driver ever. Um, but one day we were so we were we were on very strict schedules. We had a very strict uh, disciplinary regimen, and you know we were fined if we were late, and probably similar to the Marine Corps, if you're if you're on time, you're late. So I was headed toward an event and um, was late because Bay Area traffic, and or I, I shouldn't say I was late. I was like fearing being late. So I was driving like a maniac, and you know in my uniform traveling jumpsuit or whatever, and past a car that was like driving super slow in the fast lane and I'm like like so annoyed and I look over and in that car were a bunch of fans headed to that event and I could tell because of the uniforms that they were wearing because it involves kids and stuff and I was like <gasps> you know horrified <laughs> they didn't see me but I like quickly got in line and I was like gosh you know those like those little moments you think you're you're you know the person you're standing with in the elevator is a stranger like or you you think when you're driving someone doesn't notice but it was an application that you really are all the time on. And you mentioned Twitter. That's a simple way of always remembering that what you do is, is published. What you put out there is, is permanent, quote unquote, in the internet realm. It's always discoverable, but so too is our behavior. And even if we think we're alone, it's just helpful to always know that you're on and you're always representing something larger than yourself. Um, and another quick anecdote too that I remember because I have so many that involve driving because again, California, but um, I got into <laughs> a small accident also on my way to an event. So I was standing on picture a multi-lane freeway where everyone converges to get to the toll booth to cross the bridge, standing in the middle of that, like in the triangle in the middle, 
in my uniform, again, traveling tracksuit, with people like shouting out the window, like, yo, can they get a calendar? And like, go Raiders! And like, it was so, it was awesome. But it was mortifying at the same time. But, um, you know, wearing a uniform is an easy way of recognition, but I think it's better to just apply it to life in that 24 hours a day, we are on. No, I think you're absolutely right. And I love that. I've, number one, I don't know how you can be a cheerleader that requires like gymnastics and smiles and personality. And it's like the full package to go out there and do it. So I have a lot of respect for it. I used to live with a professional cheerleader in the house and she was very impressive because she kind of was, you know, Clark Kent by day and Superman at night. You know, it's like, it's just crazy. She had two careers at once. And, uh, and it's what you're saying. You're a lawyer and a cheerleader, but the idea that you're representing an organization, not only just the brand on your chest, but now you're with your face and voice and everything you say and do, um, make, one, make sure that's an organization that you want to be a part of. And two, if you do number one, I think number two gets a lot easier is just simply do it right, do it with respect. Totally. And I, I think it helps serve if you to always strive for the really, the truly best that you can be if you are representing something that you believe in, like you want to make them proud. You know, whether it's your last name and, and that is an honor that you want to live up to for your parents to something larger, like working for an organization, whatever it is. I think if you have an association with something just larger than yourself or your faith, like any any way that you want to slice it, it always inspires us to be really the best that we can be. The countdown continues after this. Host of Sincerely Cat on Fox Nation and co-host of the Tyrus and Timf podcast, Cat Timf and stand-up comedian Joe Mackey. Top five things we're nostalgic for. Number three. All right. Well, what's your number three? Uh, I missed. I know this is a this is a darker one. I miss democracy. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when this started, and they're like, "Oh, they're gonna ban." They're gonna ban you being able to go into the city or they're gonna tell you you can't open your church or your business. And I'm like, they can't really do that by fiat. You you can't just you can't just conjure laws and penalties uh, yeah. because you're in the executive branch of a city state or, or or federal government. And it just seemed like all that went out the window. And uh, it, it's frustrating because often it seems arbitrary or political when it, 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 well, it we, absolutely is uh, yeah. it's super arbitrary and uh that's another thing it's like where if you com- you're complaining about it, you somehow don't care about coronavirus it's like i don't know if that's really the argument i'm making i'm making the argument that that uh well i could ride in the subway and that's full but yeah i can't go to a movie theater for you know all the science fiction crap i like it's probably gonna be empty anyway true <laughs> true i would never be there joe Uh, I'd say my number three would be probably um, hair and makeup at work. Uh, I have, you know, to do my own makeup and Cam does my hair. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the makeup, I'm not a makeup artiste. I struggle with it. So it's like, Every time I have anything on camera, there's like another hour of my day that I'll never get back. When in the past, I'd have my laptop out while I was getting the hair and makeup done. I could get some other things done. Now, it's like, this is why, you know, like, especially for women, there's so much that goes into it. And like, we're having to spend all this time doing our makeup. And, you know, while all the guys are out figuring out how to be president. 
it's it's I completely it's it's a lot of time. And again, I miss my makeup artist. Sounds awful. I get that. But I'm nostalgic for a time when I don't need to carve out an hour to an hour and a half in case there's an eyelash disaster where I get the glue all over my face every time I go to work. Right, and I mean, I, I did one taping of Gutfeld via via the internet, and another thing that was kind of lost on that, I struggled mightily with some, some tech problems, but it's the, the pageantry of having a live studio with a live studio audience. Yes. And when we're doing the Zoom or the internet shows, it looks the same as what any podcaster can do. It seems a lot less special. And I think that even if the viewership is good, there's still something missing from it where you, you look at the Tonight Show where the, it just looks like any, it looks like something anybody could do. Yeah, I agree. Like there's a, I totally miss having that audience. And it's even worse, not just like, it's bad enough and weird enough without an audience, but then also add to the fact that we're all separate and remote. So like you'll make a joke and then it'll be quiet. And then people will laugh like 10 seconds later because of the delay. And yeah. you're like, but those 10 seconds, you want to die a little bit inside. You're like, oh no, it's so tough. It's a hard way to, it's a hard way to do a comedy show. But. And when you've made that joke, you're not sure that the conversation hasn't already moved on. Yeah, just- exactly. Host of the quiz show on Fox Nation, Tom Shalhoub. And host of Fox Across America on Fox News Radio, Jimmy Fallon. Top five favorite comedians. Number two. two. Red Fox's live album that we can't even say on air because of the title. Yeah. Amazing. He has a, he has a, I, I, they're, they're probably like two of the best live albums you'll ever hear. If we were just talking about best live albums, yeah. his uh, Woody's and Red's, uh, but I'll go with Red's cause I can't get canceled for saying I like Woody. You're very risque. Shalou. I know it's, that's the way it is. I mean, yeah, uh, you know, I gotta, I gotta call him as I see him balls and strikes. No, so I know. It's my number two. That's it's your number two? Yes. Red Fox. Yeah. Red Fox. Let me ask you, did he do, because I'm not as familiar with his stand-up act. Again, a lot of the, uh, the four-letter uh, words in his act. Did he do the, um, you know, uh, uh, I'm coming to get you? You know, was that his, the bits from the show, did he do them in his stand-up act? No, he didn't no. do like, I'm having a heart attack. There wasn't yeah. a lot of Sanford and Son. Right. He's very much like a Pryor or a Chris Rock. Yeah. But Red Fox is a comic. Is like, do you remember the rapper uh, from the Wu-Tang Clan, Old Dirty Bastard? Yes. Okay. I mean, I know that Shalou family listens to him every night before dinner. So I thought yeah, it'd be yeah. a it's just, uh, You know, or Sunday mornings, you know. Yeah, it's a good ready. Sunday morning. Uh, but uh, but Red Fox is very much like the ODB of comedy, where he was all over the map, very scatological, yeah. filthy. But he had a a transformative energy. You know, how some guys can get on stage, Shalou, and it's not that their act is particularly strong or that they're great writers, but they have like this will that they 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 like will it on the room that we're going to have an incredible time. Yep. Red Fox was really good at selling fun, a lot yep. like Rodney D, where you just saw them on site and you felt like laughing. You get the party started, as they say. And he's probably the reason for the two drink minimum, because he was probably having like 30. Yeah, exactly. And they were just like, come on, if you want, you got to keep up with red here, folks. (laughs) All right, here we go. Number two for me, David Brenner. David Brenner. David Again, Brenner. I, I hope there's, you know, the young people, uh, these are some names for you to look up because he was the first time I ever saw very simple observational comedy where he would mm-hmm. just talk about the normal things. Like, why do we do this? Why do we do that? Of course, later on, everyone uh, knows Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, David Brenner 
he always thought Seinfeld was doing him. Do you think yes. that, that that's the case? Uh, well, a lot of people felt that way because David Brenner was around first. And he even did like a lot of, again, a lot of political commentary, a lot of social political commentary. Um, but I love David Brenner. He tells a street joke that ends with a visual. Do you know the one where, <laughs> I'm not even going to tell the whole joke, but it's basically a guy gets his hand cut off in a village and the doctor yes. wants $10,000. So yes, he winds yes. up going to the shoemaker who only charges him 50 bucks. It does sound like a playground joke, doesn't it? Yeah. And then he runs into the doctor afterwards and he's like, hey, I got my hand sewn back on for 50 bucks. So screw you. And he gives the guy the finger, <laughs> but he does it in a way that the finger, the hand clearly goes flying off. Yes. yes. That was like his closer for a while. I like David Brown. No, that's another great one. Country music star and host of The Pursuit on Fox Nation, John Rich. Top five favorite albums. Number. 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 Number one. Five, four, three. Number one. All right, so my number one pick for probably my favorite record to listen to top to bottom. Matter of fact, I listened to it two days ago when I was mowing grass. I was sitting on the lawnmower going around in circles and had this thing just blasting. And you wouldn't think a dude in a cowboy hat that makes country music for a living would pick this record. But I'm going to explain this to you and it'll make a little more sense. So the number one record for me has got to be ACDC's Back in Black. How do you beat that record? I mean, if you're in a bad mood, you're in, you know, upset about anything or you just want to get some energy, you put in Back in Black and you hear those riffs. Back, da-da-da, da-da-da. I mean... What makes a crowd jump faster and taller and louder than hearing ACDC back in black coming through the radio? And so absorbing everything from ACDC to George Strait to Johnny Cash to the Eagles, Tom Petty, all these records I've listed. If you think about big and rich music for a minute, think about Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy. Put that melody in your head. Da 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 da. Does that not sound like an ACDC track? A little bit. It's like ACDC with banjos and fiddles. And actually, that's how I describe that song to people when they ask me, describe Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy. I go, hell, it's ACDC with banjos and fiddles. And they always laugh and go, you know what? You're right. Their music, that root rock, that in-your-face guitar and lyrics that just pulverize you when they come through the speakers, man, that, that is where I get the biggest boost ever. Uh, is listening to music like that. So that would be number one on my list. To go back to it, Hotel California, Johnny Cash, Life in Folsom Prison, Full Moon Fever from Tom Petty, Straight from the Heart, George Strait, and ACDC, Back in Black. Can I get a hell yeah? So that's my top five, everybody. And, and I also have to say a big shout out to Charlie Daniels, who we lost not long ago. Uh, he was a, a good friend of mine and everybody in country music a true patriot a great american and, and some of the most inventive country rock that ever happened devil went down to georgia long-haired country boy um all these songs are, are part of our lives and will live on forever so i wanted to let everybody know if you go to fox nation and look up my show the pursuit i was fortunate enough and blessed that i actually got to interview charlie daniels and it wound up being the final interview that he ever did on camera. If you want to hear about 45 minutes of some of the greatest conversation ever, check my show out, The Pursuit, on Fox Nation and watch that Charlie Daniels episode. 
Thank you guys so much to everyone for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at foxnewspodcast.com. Let us know your top five, too. We'd like to know. You've been listening to Fox Top 5 on the Fox News Podcast Network.